Chainsaw History Time. Hello and welcome everybody to the bonus episode of Chainsaw History. This time my sister and I are doing the Value of series where we talk about the children's books that our parents inflicted on us when we were kids. And they're really bad. Um, they were, the idea was to be biographies of, of inspirational heroes, largely from American history, but not always. And and they were they were meant to to teach us the values that we were supposed to know as good um Americans citizens yeah so um digging these out of the closet of doom we've now are bringing them to you and reacting to them again after not having looked at them for a really long time so what what have you brought me today I have brought you the value of friendship the story of Jane Adams Jane Adams, I know that name. We talked about Jane Adams a little bit when we covered Francis Perkins yes, all we those did. like 5,000 years ago. So I didn't know a lot about this lady. In fact, when I first just looked at it, I thought it was like a an Adams president's wife or something, like and I had zero interest. But uh, it turns out this lady is actually pretty fucking badass. The forgotten member of the Adams family. <laughs> she Jane. just looks like, like she just looks like this, like. Just school marm. Yes, and that's uh, like done on the cover. very directly. She's in a very horrible red and pink gown. Yeah. <laughs> that is some kind of like. But she, she's smiling. Periodly ambiguous because it doesn't really tell you much. It could literally be from 100 years ago or she, 500 years ago. No one knows. Her smile <laughs> seems sort of self-conscious, but. <laughs> yeah. So this one was read or written by Anne Dunnigan Johnson. She's okay. the same shitty lady who wrote the Nellie Ply. Oh boy. So she's already, it's like so, feminist heroes. Let's talk about them while also taking a shit on them. Buckle up. Let's let's find so, out what we learn about Jane Adams. So we'll start out like all true biographies with Once Upon a Time. A little girl named Jane Adams lived in a lovely house in a, in a town called Cedarville in Illinois. Jane was a thin little girl, and her back wasn't quite straight. She had to carry her head tilted to one side. Whenever she looked into the mirror, she sighed. I wish I weren't quite so homely, she said to herself. Now, they don't say in this book, but when she was four, she contracted uh tuberculosis of the spine which caused her curvature and health problems that it kind of so she got like plagued with her the so whole her like whole life scoliosis essentially hit her and she had all these other problems and stuff and yes but she wasn't is so at least in this storybook version where she's like dear diary i'm ugly yeah that sucks i wish i could be pretty like a real girl's supposed to be yeah well apparently that's one of the things that was is historically accurate like she was really like especially as a child like she didn't want to her embarrass her father by being seen with him Ugh, that's kind of sad and dark that's really fucking sad yeah but they they brighten it in this book because um so they go on to tell you that jane's mother died and they did and her family didn't think that she was homely and too thin and ugly but you know, everybody else, it's oh. implied. <laughs> Just the world, Just honey. Just the world. No, but not us. But Just they go everyone on Everyone else for... you'll ever meet will, be, will we react in horror to the sight of your face. Sorry. So instead of talking about some of the cool shit that she actually did, they're going to give you an antidote about her eating breakfast 
and going on a trip with her father in the wagon. And this particular day, her father, who, by the way, I'm going to, it was like a fucking pretty big deal. Um, He was a founding member of the Republican Party. He served as an Illinois senator. He was a friend and supporter of Abraham Lincoln. He was very rich. He owned large timber, cattle, flour, wool, um, all kinds of refineries. He was also the president, the president of the Second National Bank of Freeport. Yeah, this is a reminder. He that, is a rich fucking dude. And it's a reminder that uh, you know, once upon a time, <laughs> you know, Republicans uh, had slightly different core values than they do. Uh, than they do in now. today's world. So yeah. So yeah, like you they, know. they like being talked about. They love they love talking about how they're the party of Lincoln, but they want to be the party of Jane Adams. Because <laughs> I know some of the shit she was up to, and I think it's pretty cool. I think it's funny as hell. So going on, she and her father this particular day, instead of driving through the town, they went into this kind of shantier, shittier, poorer part of shanty town. Yeah, lovely. We've never gone this way before, said Jane. Father, what's the matter here, whispered Jane. Why is everything so ugly? Like me. These people are very poor, said Mr. Adams. They can't afford nice houses and pretty clothes. Jane thought about this for a moment. Then she smiled. When I grow up, she announced, I'm going to build a big fine house like the one we live in. I'm going to build it near all these ugly little houses, and the children can come play in my yard, and I'll be their friend. Okay. I'm sure that's Darling. I mean, it's, you know, a little kid. Yeah, well, it gets more horrifying from here. Okay. Because she goes home, and she starts talking to her doll, which is fucking nightmare. Jesus Christ. (laughs) You didn't need to do that. (laughs) All right, we are definitely putting this picture online. It is horrible. (laughs) And, and I am sorry for the emotional <laughs> trauma because that is Jesus. Pennywise the clown would shit his pants. I don't know why. This is her favorite doll. And she pretends to talk to it because, oh you know, all of these need pretending. Oh, and it even says dolls don't really talk, she said. When I'm listening to you, I'm pretending, aren't I? Because it's always a good idea to ask yourselves questions Am I about crazy? your sanity. Am I crazy? No. Am You're... I pretending? Oh, that's nice. Isn't that darling? Am I crazy? No, no, no. It's all it's all fine. It's all fun. It's just pretend. So she's she, so she's butt ugly and a <laughs> raving lunatic as a little she, girl. And her favorite doll is something out of fucking nightmares. And you know, when she's sitting next to the like, you can see a teddy bear, but a it's sort of like eyed, fr- it's got <laughs> this a thousand yard stare. <laughs> that, that teddy bear seems some shit. It's pretty oh, disturbing. God. Please flip the page. But yeah, so she told Marjorie that she wanted how she wanted to help the poor children when she got older. I want to harvest the souls of the poor for my doll. Oh, God. Continue. So, anyway, um, she got a new mom. Yay. Yay. Yeah. Rich dudes never seem to have a problem replacing those wives, do they? No. And apparently, um, again, not brought up in the book, but Jane's mother died during her ninth pregnancy. Oof. So just, yeah. yeah, it's like, maybe could you stay off my mom for once and I could have <laughs> had her for longer? 
Yeah, well, Thanks, Dad. that didn't happen. So he marries a widower who had, um, who also had children. She was ready for her twelfth mm-hmm. pregnancy. Yeah. Um. So she had the new Mrs. Adams had two sons of her own, Harry, who was eighteen, and he seemed terribly grown up to Jane. But George was just Jane's age. He was an open, friendly little boy, and he liked to share things. So they went on childhood adventures, and she didn't notice how, like, miserable and ugly and in pain she was when she hung out with George. He made her feel good. Okay. So anywho, Jane and her new stepbrother go on many adventures, and he doesn't think she's ugly, and she doesn't m- realize that she's miserable and in pain all the time. And I'm legally blind. It's fine. And then she would also, you know, talk to her imaginary doll friend. And so she grew up in a pretty happy household. And the Adams children had the disappearance good times. of the small pets and the <laughs> and the bloodstains and the doll were never spoken of. No, apparently they just sang songs and played guitar and how, had family games and it was how fucking wholesome. Wholesome as shit all the time. Great. And so... Being rich is awesome. Okay. And then to quote the book, but life wasn't all parties and plays for Jane. Uh Uh-oh. There was schoolwork, too. And there were quiet times when Jane sat alone with Marjorie and read books from her father's library. She should not take this doll with her everywhere. No. It's it's very upsetting. Do do not fill this doll's head with dark knowledge. Do not... (laughs) Such a big book for such a little girl, said her father one day. Was it the Necronomicon? Probably. But that's all right, Jane. I like to see you reading. In fact, I'll give you five cents for every book you finish. What an offer, whispered Marjorie. You love to read anyway. You'll make lots of money. So Jane, her interest in reading was lucrative and so, she made a bunch of money so off of her father. long before Pizza Hut started bribing kids mm-hmm. to read, Mr. Adams was on it with a nickel. And this is what, this is like a nickel back in like, we're still, are we still we're in like the early 20th century or late 19th century at this point? Um, yeah. Hold on. Let me flip to the back. Real quick. So you can see the Yeah, she was born in 1860. Okay, so we're still well in the 19th century, so five cents ain't nothing. No, it's not. But then again, she's a rich kid, so. Yeah, she's a super rich kid. But now she is a shiny shiny nickel for reading a book. Mm -hmm. That would have bought me one and a half Jolly Ranchers when I was a little kid. Yep, and we go on to read that Jane grew older and taller. She wasn't so thin. And she was very bright. In fact, she was so bright, she passed the entrance exams and was accepted as a student by Smith College in New Hampshire, Massachusetts. Nice. Very nice. But her father wouldn't let her go because he was on a, a trustee at um, at the Rockford Women's College. Oh, he's like, no, 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 that is not the right college, young yes, Jane. She has to go to the Rockford Feminine Seminary College. Oh, the Women Religious College. The Women Religious College. So instead of getting an actual degree, she went to this women's college, but she made the most of it, and she actually like went on to do cool things with it. So Yeah, because this, this is the part where I actually know a little bit about her, her life, but keep going. Mm-hmm. So yeah, she went off to college. And does she take her, her terrifying doll with her to college? Apparently, because there it is right here well, in this picture. She didn't have many friends. 
Uh, well, except for she does, Jamie, because this is where the story takes a hilarious turn. Okay. Jane had many classmates in seminary, but before long, she had a special friend, too. A girl named Ellen Gates Starr. A special friend, a you special, say. Sp- a special friend is how they phrase it. Uh-huh. Yes, apparently these women were notorious lesbians. But, of course, we're not going to say that here. That's her special so she, friend. She's definitely jumping into college oh, the way yeah. lots of women jump into college. Yeah, the Christian Missionary School. Yep. <laughs> Where you learn more than the missionary position. Oh, yeah. Or at least these two ladies did. Woohoo. Good for them. Yeah, they made lifelong friends. I bet they did. Yep. So Jane studied very hard and she took math and science courses and was f- that frightened most of the girls. And oh she, no, math! Oh no, the math! But and she earned good grades. When she finished her regular three years at seminary, she got permission to stay a whole extra year and take advanced courses. Gosh, really? And she took her examinations and qualified for a college degree. So she got her her for real college degree like she wanted. Quote, All right, cool. You did it, Jane. Called her imaginary doll friend who shouldn't be here to begin with. I knew you'd find a way if you really tried. I knew if I killed all of your enemies <laughs> along the way, you'd succeed. Oh. <laughs> right. Keep going. So good. She's a college graduate, and now she's ready to make her mark on the world. Mm-hmm. So Jane decided she wanted to go off to um, Women's Medical College and to become a doctor. Oh, nice. There were not mm-hmm. many of those. Yeah, there was just, because I want to say that it was the Women's uh, Medical College in Philadelphia, and it was one of the few so in like the country. Her, basically her and Dr. Quinn, and that's it. Yeah. Well, not j- <laughs> it depends on your your like, your like fictional literature, Jamie. Well, yeah. There's lots of yes, female. Yes, I, 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 I do understand this. Yes. But in for real life, she wanted to become a doctor. But then a very sad thing happened. Oh no, we hate sad things happening. In August, burned in a fire. In August, just as Jane was getting ready to leave for medical school, John Adams died. So she lost her daddy. So the the nice rich dude. Dude is gone. However, again, don't mention it in there. But at her father's death, she inherited the equivalent of one point four million dollars. Not not a bad. In nineteen nine in nineteen uh, uh, two thousand sixteen money. Okay, so not not too shabby. A no. little nest, little thing, little starter money. A little to get started in life. A little fifty thousand dollar inheritance in uh, at the turn of the century ain't bad. For for real, for so she got some for real money after after Daddy Warbucks died. So what's she uh, gonna do with this newfound wealth? She cried as if her heart would break. Oh Marjorie, what will I do? She sobbed. My wonderful handsome father. He was the best friend I ever had. I will miss him so much. Not a lot of jokes to be made out of her being sad about her dad dying. I mean that yeah. And crying to her imaginary friend. Agreed. Your dad dying sucks. Mm-hmm. Unless you were one of those people who had a really shitty dad, but uh, you know, I get it. She's sad. Her dad's gone, and she, all she has left is this soul-devouring, you know, Creature. homunculus that she <laughs> that she keeps around with her. Yep. So September came, and Jane left for Philadelphia. Soon she was busy with her work at medical school. There was still an empty place in her heart, but she didn't have time to think about it. But then trouble came. That she had to think about. 
Jane's old problems with her back returned. Oh, that's... Yeah, so Jane started having really bad problems with her back. And so she decided to go to see her um, stepbrother, Harry, who, who was a physician. Or he got to become a doctor. He got to become a doctor. She was going to become a doctor. But and apparently, so then there's a, a whole like this whole Adams family blended thing. They lots of doctors. Da, 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 da. Yes, lots of doctors. So you need an operation, Harry said after he examined Jane. I can fix what is hurting you, but it will take a long time to regain your strength. Oh God, you you really want spinal surgery in the er very early 20th century yeah it worked out for her though oh good i'm glad yeah, to hear it. it helped um and while she was recovering she decided to take a trip to europe okay and so her she went with her stepmother recovering from back surgery so international travel mm-hmm. is just the thing yeah well apparently it's like this was almost like over six months past the surgery so she's into the healing stage Sure. Okay. So once she was Plus, uh, you know, moving you're, about, you're spending some of that, you know, on a, on a boat. boat. So she packs up, goes on a boat with her stepmom, and so they tell you all about the boat trip and landing in Ireland, and some of her, and they went to Ireland and Scotland and England. Nice. Yeah. So she traveled the world, and she apparently traveled the world for a couple years. I recommend travel for young people. So, so far, so good. Yeah. So, young Jane and her stepmom are are off having adventures. Sweet. Mm-hmm. Seeing castles and eating bland British food. Yep. And then, quote from the book, They saw great buildings and beautiful fountains and green parks. They saw narrow, mean streets, too, where haggard, unshaven men and thin, hungry women lived. They saw ragged, half-starved children. They even saw a market where wilted, half-rotten vegetables were auctioned off to these poor people. What is this poverty thing? We don't have that back in America. They did. She was she was exposed to poverty that once, and then yeah. she was and like, she these ne- poor, ugly then children. Her, then I her need parents to were them. like, well, we're never going to let her see that part of town again. And now suddenly her dad's dead, and they're, they were like, go over the world. Oh, this is a thing everywhere. Yeah. It so, turns out sometimes things suck for people. So apparently instead of talking to her real life stepmother who was with her, she talked to her imaginary doll. It was terrible, she told the doll. Those people were spending their last pennies on cabbages that weren't fit to eat. Oh, Marjorie, I have to do something for the poor people. I don't know what, but I can't let them go on like that. So Jane was she really affected a, by poor people. So she's like, I got to do something about this whole poverty mm-hmm. thing. So she spent two years in Europe. She traveled to many countries. She saw people in need of help and friendship. And so when she returned home, she wrote to her good friend, Ellen. I feel like such a failure, she told Ellen. For years, I have thought about helping needy people, but I really haven't done a thing. And so then she remembers this place she saw in London. It was called Tony B. Hall. Um... It was in the slums, and it was, quote, it was, a, it was called a settlement house. 
and it was very much like the house that Jane had dreamt about when she was a child. It was a nice place to set down among dirty little cottages. It was a place where poor people could come and enjoy themselves. So she was like, that motherfucker stole my idea that I had when I was mm-hmm. a little kid. I'm going to go burn his house down. No, she was like, I want to have one just like it. So her and her friend Helen, they go to Europe together. They go on a lesbian adventure to so go check le- out this. lesbian European adventure to go check out the, the house that helps the poor people. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Mm-hmm. And then. Uh, that could be a really like fun and possibly hot movie. Could be. Although, y- y- if you like feminists of turn of the century feminists. Turn of the century feminist lesbian uh, like progressive adventures sounds yeah. actually like. Yeah. yeah you're like, it's hot. Give it to me. When Jane and Ellen returned again to America, Jane had made up her mind. She would have a lovely big house right in the middle of the slum. She would invite the neighborhood people to her house, and she would share with them all the things she had learned at school and on her travels. So she goes and she looks at these houses because she decides she wants to do it in Chicago. I can't help but notice... That the houses have faces. Yes, the houses have faces, and they're very sad, and they have mustaches. These are indeed sad houses and old. <laughs> These are old, sad houses. The big noses and beards and mustaches. Yeah, it's it's horrifying. That is, a, that is the a, slum is, that is the scariest place imaginable. At, do not take a psychedelic and read this book. <laughs> it will fuck you up. Okay, so they look and look, and then they finally find a house that is suitable for their needs. Not and a sad house, but a happy house. Not a sad house, but a, but a happy house. It was, it was run down. Oh, there it is, she cried. It is just what I've been looking for. Oh, stop. Stop right here. Mr. Pond stopped and stared. At that house, he said. Why, that's the old Hull mansion. It's pretty run down. But it's a lovely house, and it can be fixed up. Tell me about the holes. Will they rent me? So she went and she talked to Miss Culver, who was the lady who owned the house. And she agreed to rent the house to them for a mere dollar a year. So she was like, we like we like the cut of your jib. I think we like the work you're going to do. So mm-hmm. we're just going to give you this for dirt cheap. Pretty much. So, Holstead Street was an elegant one. My cousin Charles built at that house, she said. So, they decided, okay, so the old lady, she went to go visit this old, this old biddy, and she decides to rent her the house and also later becomes one of the sponsors of this house. Right. So, Jane agrees to pay for all the repairs that it needs, and she agrees to pretty much rent to her rent free. What are you going to call the place? It already has a name, Jane said. It's Hull House. Yep, and this is the part I know about. Mm-hmm. So these two ladies start fixing up this house and building up the neighborhood and bringing all her lovely, expensive furniture. So and yeah, shit I was going to say, was she really on her hands and knees doing all this work, or was she mostly using her money to get people to do this work for her? Um, I'm not sure, but I'm pretty sure she did a lot of it. I mean, that would, tra- from that what would I track. know about the real woman, it was, she would track that she, she got yeah, her hands dirty and honor. quite I mean, a, This woman got her hands dirty quite a bit in real life. I just didn't know if, like, this stage. Yeah, I mean, they show her on her hands and knees yeah. scrubbing the floor. So, and what I could gather on her Wikipedia page, this tracks with who she was. It, it tracks with what I know about her, which is later in life. Yeah. 
I know more about her when she was like middle and later age. Yeah, this is her her humble beginnings. So she starts lavishly furnishing this house so she could um, have a nice place for the neighborhood together. Jane did her shopping in a little grocery store down the street, and she told the grocer to, that she hoped neighbors would come visit her. As she came and went from the grocery store, she spoke to the children. She asked if they would like to come and play at her house. The children were polite, but they were very suspicious. Yeah, mm -hmm. why does this old lesbian want to talk to me? But anywho, eventually this lady shows up with her children. Mm -hmm. A dark-haired young woman stood on the steps. She had a baby in her arms, and a little girl clung to her skirts. The grocer said, you might help me, she said. Her voice was low and soft. She spoke with an accent. Jane knew right away that she was Italian. I have to work, said the young woman. If I miss work, I will be fired. My friend who takes care of my children, today she is sick. I have no place to leave my baby and your, my little girl. You do have a place, said Jane. You can leave them with us, but we'll be glad to look after them. After all, we are neighbors, aren't we? So Jane started with just kind of like babysitting. Yeah. It's like, I'll babysit for immigrant worker women because yeah, mm -hmm. that, that idea that I always, I always laugh whenever people talk about how it's like in modern times, you know, after World War II and, you know, and, and women started mm -hmm. uh, having jobs and then this idea of having a, a you know, a two income household. It's like, yeah, you're talking about middle class and up. Poor yeah. women have been, had jobs and been working their ass off since the beginning of civilization. <laughs> so it's like these, these poor immigrant women had horrible jobs working long hours for nothing. Oh yeah. And it, it, it gets worse from here. So they kind of, the book kind of just makes it seem like it was a nice, happy place that she, they kind of babysat. Daycare and, we're running. Yeah. I see a little boy with like dressed up as a knight with a sword. Yeah. So yeah, they started recruiting more people. Their friend Jenny came to stay and help with them. Abduct more children. Soon other friends came. And they were, and there were other projects at Hall House. There were clubs where the older children could learn and learn sewing and cooking and dancing. There were games for the older boys. So they wouldn't get into mischief. There were plays and songs for everyone. Okay. Hull House was the beginning of what Jane had dreamt it to be. A place where the people came to visit and relax. To get to know one another and enjoy themselves and learn interesting things. Okay, and that's all well and good. But let me like, tell you a little bit about this house. Yeah. I mean, I know a little bit about Hull House and what it was like, what its mission was. Yeah, well... Now, granted, again, this is the beginning of it, but it, in its heyday, the house had 25 residents and was visited by about 2,000 people per week, which is a good numberly amount of people. Yeah. The women at Hell House were well-educated and committed to labor unions, the National Consumers League, and the suffrage movement. Mm -hmm. Hull House included a night school, clubs, public a public kitchen, an art gallery, a gym, a public library. Hull House used its methodology to study things like overcrowding, truancy, typhoid fever, cocaine, children's reading, newsboys, infant mortality, and midwifery. 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 And newsies. Yes, and newsies. Because they wanted these kids to stay out of trouble. 
And so again, she's talking to her imaginary friend. You've done so much for them, Jane, said Marjorie. They've done just as much for me, Jane answered. They've accepted me. I'm a real neighbor now, and that means a lot. Now I can harvest their souls for my dark master. Mm-hmm. So, time goes on, and the Hull House became better known, and people in wealthier areas came to work. So more and more people came in. And in December, when the cold winds rustled through the corners of the street, gifts began to arrive at Hull House. We're going to have a marvelous Christmas, cried Jane. Look at the turkeys and the potatoes and barrels of apples and boxes and boxes of candy. Won't the children love it? So they're getting ready for Christmas. They have all this extravagant shit. They're really excited. And so they decided to have a party. Mm -hmm. Two days before Christmas, there was a party for the girls. They all came. Jane thought they looked very tired, but was glad to see them once again. They sang carols and they exchanged little gifts. And then it was time for supper. Jane had planned everything carefully. There were sandwiches and cookies, and there was hot chocolate, and of course, there was plenty of candy. After all, boxes and boxes of sweets had been sent to Hull House. But then Jenny Dow frowned, and Jane looked puzzled. The girls won't touch the candies. They didn't seem very happy about the cookies and hot chocolate either. Finally, Jane and Ellen and Jenny learned what had happened. The girls had been working in the candy factory nearby. 14 hours a day, six days a week, they had been sitting in a crowded airless room wrapping caramels. They were sick of the sight and sick of the smell. This just reminds us of our bleak, horrible lives. Yes, actually. Yeah, and and at first they see the kids wrapping candy and eating candy happily, which I'm sure that's exactly what happened in these factories. Yeah, everybody knows those factories were just great for the the 10-year-olds who worked at them. Yeah. So, anywho, Jane didn't like this for shit. This child labor is bullshit. Child labor is bullshit. So, Jane and her friends began to write letters and and legislator about what had happened. Laws have to be passed against this sort of thing, Jane said. Children have to be protected. No, that's just interfering with the free market. Yeah, and they said, you know, that the factories wouldn't like it. And she said, fuck the factories, child labor bad. So oh, she worry, actually went and passed um, and went and, and changed labor laws. But don't you worry, those labor laws are being loosened right now. And, oh, my and God. The kids are, the children, the immigrant children who are being uh, working at the meatpacking plants. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, Yeah. Like fun, they're, they're fun, like they're fun, like fun, those fun, were the fun. good old days. We need to get back to them. All right. Anyway, back to uh, this adorable children's book. Yes. So they kind of gloss over it, but yeah, Jane and her colleagues um, founded the Juvenile Protection Agency, or I'm sorry, Juvenile Protection Association, Association. in 1901. The GPA. Mm-hmm. JP JPA. Mm-hmm. I see a trash cat. So she passed new labor laws, and she was very happy. And the factory and so, owners were not happy. Yep. Now that that's taken care of, maybe I can do something about the garbage in the streets, said Jane. 
It's unhealthy and it smells terrible. She's just here to solve one problem at a time. The garbage men simply aren't doing their job. So Jane, being Jane, got a job as the garbage inspector for her area and started making them clean up the streets. It's like, oh, you're, you lazy assholes. Lazy assholes. And Let's so, yeah, clean this she, place be up. she became a garbage inspector and um, would take no shit from no one. And the streets got cleaner and health conditions improved she made the garbage man her bitch pretty much after that jane never stopped fighting she worked all her life for the poor people who were her friends it was because of jane that the first playground was built into chicago it was because of jane that more schools were built in the city and it was partly because of her that women got the right to vote which by the way that's all we yeah. get for the suffrage like, movement. That's not like, that's not that a noteworthy accomplishment. Uh, no, you know, not at all. Life. Jane had very advanced ideas for the time. She even tried to get people to organize country camps so that city children could have a vacation in the open fields and in the forests. In time, Jane became, became famous. People in other cities copied her ideas and began to build settlement houses in poor areas. Senators and prime ministers and princesses and princes came to visit Hull House and to talk to Jane, once even the president of the United States. So apparently, um, she was a supporter of Teddy Roosevelt mm -hmm. and she was called the mother of social work. Yep. And as we discussed in our mm -hmm. epic two-part Francis Perkins series, a huge influence on on Francis Perkins. Yeah, she was a pretty badass lady. And uh, I am horribly disappointed that this tale doesn't end with her, um, you know, accepting Jesus and tossing her satanic doll into a bonfire. Now, she didn't need to accept Jesus. She was a member of the social Christian movement. Yes, I'm actually aware of that in real life. I was making a joke yeah. about the horrifying doll in the kids' book. Yeah, no, actually, the Christian social movement is one of those things that people don't talk about much, that, that once upon a time there was a very strong uh, movement in American Christianity that was all about the Bernie Sanders style of getting things done. Yeah, and again, this woman was totally badass, but she also had some really shitty ideas about eugenics and prohibition. Well, there, there so, is. So no one's all good ever. Well, there is all that. But I did love that they called her um, first... They mentioned her first lesbian lover, but the sex, she actually had a second one who she later referred to as her wife. Like they were considered themselves a married couple. And that was Mary Rosert Smith. But again, we're not getting that little antidote in the children's The children's book doesn't want to talk about her lesbian adventures in Hull House. It really doesn't. Oh, well. Imagine that. Instead, we just get the, the fucking clown doll. We get the fucking clown doll. And we don't understand the clown doll. And we'll close out with, you may decide that it's important to be able to give friendship. It's also important to be able to accept it, just like our good friend, Jane Adams. Okay. Well, okay. So this And the first part that I'm going to say in the historical facts, it says Jane Adams was born in Cedarville. First of all, her name was Laura James Adams. Her first name was actually Laura, but went by her middle name of Jane. So that's the first thing that they cut out. Okay. Any, any other notables from the biography? 
honestly, they didn't give a biography like they did in the last one. It's literally just a sum up of what they already told you yeah. in the book. So it's just like more. This is just this. Except more you of the same. The only thing they Without add. A doll. Um, Jane soon found that there were needs of the slums, which settlement houses could not meet. Children were working in sweet shops, so Jane fought Sweat for... shops, maybe? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> well, no, they did work in sweet shops. They did no, work in no, sweet, no, sweet no, shops, no, but yes, it actually says sweat shops, but I read it as sweet because they were in the candy factory. I was like, first I thought it was wasting. I actually corrected you, and then it may not be corrected because it was a sweet shop. It was a sweet <laughs> shop and a sweat shop. It was both. So she changed, She fought for child labor laws. Um and like I said, they glossed over her, mm -hmm. uh, they have the whole women's suffrage thing. They glossed over that. Because maybe the people who probably wrote the book mm -hmm. didn't think that was maybe quite as a big a deal. People were being injured in factories, so she urged Congress to pass laws governing safety conditions. She campaigned for American education, day nurseries, better houses, better housing, and women's suffrage. Her fame and influence spread. She became a recipient of the first honorary degree ever bestowed on a woman by Yale University, and President Theodore Roosevelt called her America's most useful citizen. Nice. In 1931, Jane was awarded the Nobel Peace Prize. She died four years later on May 21st, 1935. She was almost 75 and still a resident at Hull House and a friend to her neighbors on Halstead Street. Because that's the value of friendship. Because the value of friendship, not the value of working your ass off for shit. Like I, said, I believe it. Like I said, that, that I mean, it's like the value of friendship. There's really not like a, a single strong overriding friendship. The friendship of her and her doll. The, like, yeah, I mean, again, the, she had strong friendships. I mean, she was told. I mean, they they glot. It's her special friend Ellen, which is hilarious. Yeah, the, the value of lesbians is really <laughs> what we should get out of this. Lesbian. Mm -hmm. Progressive lesbians rock, and we need more of them. Yeah, I mean, she was totally cool. Yeah, not... and I know, like one of the things about Hall House that I remember was this whole idea that everything wasn't just about giving material aid, but it was literally about giving dignity and quality of life and enriching the lives yeah, of people, it... and letting them know you're allowed to have a, as rich a life as it shouldn't just be all you do is work and then you then you sleep and then you die. And it was also they, I mean they provided night schools yeah, they, for they the was, adults. There was educational opportunities, mm -hmm. lots of social activities and encouragement for for the wealthier people to come and actually like socially mingle with the poor people in a way that wasn't at all normal or a thing in the regular. No, and it, it humanized them and it yeah. also they taught trade so because, yeah, they was, could get higher paid jobs. Yeah, and, there and was also a lot in the, with in the it. sheer networking thing it's like eventually some of these poor people could meet wealthier people who could give them opportunities or realize hey there's a lot of value in these people so it was mm -hmm. there was a number of levels of what was going on with the settlement houses and she, you know, she was the one who started them here in the united states yeah she was a really badass chick who was really just reduced to talking to her imaginary yeah, so psychotic she, so here doll she's just the ugly crazy woman of this book Pretty much. As opposed it's... to the badass lesbian who helped women get the right to vote. vote. Yeah. Oh, uh, uh, well. Well, I guess we did it. We we covered another one of these damn books. Yeah. I mean, I can't wait for anyone to actually scroll through and see the pictures of Marjorie the Tall. Oh, dear. It's yo. so unsettling. If you, yeah, if you follow us on uh, in, in any of our social media accounts, which is basically Chainsaw History on everything, uh, you will. Uh, we're, we'll post some pictures and video clips uh, 
Uh, you follow us on TikTok for some of the little videos we're going there. We will show the horrifying doll. The horrifying doll is really the most horrifying thing I've seen in these books so far, and they've been pretty scary. So, so this is a bonus episode off of our regular, the big scripted full topic ones. Uh, but you are hearing this on the main Chainsaw History feed. But if you like the value of series or want to hear what we're doing in the world of Indiana Jones versus history, uh, come and check us out at ChainsawHistory.com and consider a membership. Uh, if you put $5 a month or more, you're going to get access to all kinds of extra episodes and bonus content and cool behind the scenes tidbits as we grow. And if you want to help us out right now, we are trying to kind of hit our, our first big benchmarks on all of our social media and accounts. So Without spending a, do- a dime, you can still follow us on ChainsawHistory.com. Um, subscribe for free just to make sure you get updates. All we're going to do is email you to tell you when there is new content. Um, make sure you're subscribed on your favorite podcast feed. Rate and review us, especially on Apple Podcasts, uh, because that is helps us rise in the rankings and helps people discover us for the first time. Uh, special thanks to our sound engineer, Kevin. Yes, and... Uh, the amazing setup we've got here at Raven Sound Studios. Uh, this is our home until he kicks us out. Yeah, hopefully we'll never be kicked out. I like my home. And with that in mind, you will hear us in your ear holes again next week. We'll be talking about more interesting people, good, bad, and different. Oh, there's so much of all of that. Bye. And I'll pick a kid's book. <laughs> See ya. <laughs>